Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. here. We want to welcome our stream family all over the world. God bless you. Listen, before I want to introduce some special guests um, this morning, but before I do, I want to remind everybody that Hanukkah begins this Thursday evening, and it's a time where we celebrate what a special time, especially what's going on in Israel right now. It's a time we celebrate where light defeats darkness. But it's also a time when we celebrate the Maccabees defeating the enemies of Israel. And so Hanukkah begins uh, Thursday night. I encourage you to light your Hanukkah candles and put them out in the window and, and let them shine because the only way darkness wins is in the absence of light. So let's be the light of God everywhere we go. Amen. And then Sunday, we're going to celebrate. We're going to have our Hanukkah service Sunday. And we've got a very special singer from Israel coming in to sing. She's, she's a young lady. She just sings absolutely like an angel. And, but we also have two survivors coming in from the concert on October 7th when the massacre took place. They're in uh, America. They're going around different universities sharing the true story of what happened and so let's, uh, let's come together, bring somebody, and let's keep this out there so that we don't forget what happened and we don't forget what needs to continue to happen, that Israel defeats this enemy once and for all. Amen? Uh, I want to just welcome, first off, some of our best friends, uh, Doug and Joni, they are, uh, you all know them, they're the uh, heads of the greatest Christian network in the world. Doug and Joni, would you stand up and say hi to everybody just real quick. Some of the greatest voices for the nation of Israel there is, and so we're so proud to have them here. I want to ask uh, Diane Benjamin, is Diane, I, I have her on the list, but I don't see her. Don't see her here, okay. Um, Dr. William Okay, all right, so this list you gave me is totally, okay. I want to welcome Tiz, my wife, for being here. So um, several weeks ago, God laid on my heart to, and before we introduce our guests this morning, several weeks ago, God laid on my heart to make a trip to Israel. It was the war had just begun um, the troops were just going into Gaza to defeat Hamas, and uh, Karen Hazot and our friends in Israel put a, a very short video together. So watch this with us. This is uh, uh, a journey that I was so glad I made to the nation of Israel when the war began. Watch this. Yeah, oh yeah, that's Gaza, right there. They come with a lot of losses. You can see the bullets, the RPG, the grenades, the machine guns. I'm good. 
I look at this little, my little pony diary, and I'm wondering where this little girl is right now. These people are gone. This is evil versus good, darkness versus light. They didn't just come in looking to kill army soldiers or even men to butcher men, women, and children. When we hear on the media that this is a fabrication, folks, I'm walking right here. I can't imagine the horror that these families, these women, these children went through for hours upon hours because these guys came for one reason and that's to kill every Jew they could find. And the ones they didn't kill, they kidnapped as many as they could find. That's the spirit of Amalek. Israel not only has the right to attack Gaza and Hamas, but they have an obligation to eliminate this demonic force once and for all from the face of the earth. And so folks, we want you to not only stand up and speak up for the land of Israel, and for our Jewish brothers and sisters. So we need to stand with Sam, with Karen Hazot, with the nation of Israel and say, we're here to help. We're not only gonna stand up and speak out, but you can count on us to help. When you and your church helped to support for the South, it was never imagined that an attack like this would take place. Israel is at a critical moment right now. We've, we've been, uh, kicked in the face on October 7th, and uh, we're feeling down, and um, our loved ones were murdered, uh, our family members were, were kidnapped, tortured, but they'll never be able to break our spirit. No, Larry. no. They'll never be able to break our spirit, mainly because we have help, support, and love, and solidarity from friends like you and all of you from, uh, from New Beginnings Church and Larry Huck Ministries. All volunteers. All of the people here are volunteers. That's awesome. They, they are that is coming awesome. from all over Israel. They're doing all they can to, to help the military, to help the, the national uh, morality. These children came from Ethiopia and because of the war that took place 30 days ago all these children and all their families had to be relocated they just came out of a war zone they just came out of where bombs and rockets were going off it just blesses my heart to see how happy these kids are and it's because of a great team here and because of great friends of Israel over there we love you, thank you so much. God bless you. Everything was all right, and then we started getting messages that Hamas invaded the kibbutz and that, that our people, uh, Hamas soldiers inside the kibbutz walking, shooting, setting houses on fire. There's no way we could feel what you all are feeling, having loved ones 
in the hands of these people. But we're here to let you know that we will not be silent in any way we can speak from the president down to the person watching the television. We're standing with you, but may God Almighty cover them and protect them. May God speak to their captors and tell them to be merciful and kind and medicine and food and water. And may, may we wake up tomorrow and the answers come. We will do whatever we can do, standing with you, standing with Karen Hanzot, to make sure these babies come home. I can't wait to come back and, and hug them. It's going to happen. It will happen. We're waiting. We just made it to Amigor. It's a community, it's elderly, and many, many, many Holocaust survivors. By donating to these people, it's more than a building. It's amazing, amazing family. Well, honored to meet you. Good to meet you. So this is it? This is it. Oh my gosh. New, brand new. Man. Brand new. Thank you so much for partnering with us, you know, with Karen Hazelt. And this will save lives. This will honor the men and women that are not just fighting for Israel, they're fighting for civilization. They're fighting evil. This is good versus evil. This is our time to show support for our brothers and sisters in Israel. So thank you for this one, and thank you in advance for the next one. Here we are at Mogam Davida Dome, and uh, I really felt that I wanted to, on behalf of all of us, to come and give blood for Israel. Each one of us makes a difference. And so, whether it's giving blood or giving to buy a, an ambulance for Mogan the Vida Dome or a bomb shelter, each one of us together, we make a big difference. Giving blood in Israel. And uh, I just felt very moved in my heart that a soldier or maybe a hostage is gonna need this blood. So I'm doing it for you too. Ah, that was an awesome trip. That was an awesome trip. As they're setting up the table so we can bring our guests up, I, I want to tell you a story on some of that. Um, we were over in Israel in, uh, I think it was February or March, and we, we had an, an invite to go to a very secret military base and met many of these uh, soldiers that go in the front lines, they, they do amazing things. They're like the Green Beret of the Green Beret. And we were there, and I was so moved by the dedication of these young Jewish men who weren't all just from Israel. One was from Argentina, one was from America, but these guys are protectors of the nation of Israel. And I was so moved by their dedication and their love for the land of Israel and I was standing next to the commander, and I asked the commander, I said, what, what can we do? 
You know, we have a scripture that says, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to sleep, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And that word righteous there in Hebrew is that God's an act of kindness. Look for a way to do an act of kindness. Seek it out. And so I asked the commander, what can we do for you? And he said, well, we have um, these ambulances. They're ICU units on wheels. And the ones we have are very old. And I just said, we'll get you one. We'll buy you one. And so that's the one you saw on the screen there. And little did we know that the war was going to break out and these demonic uh, uh, Hamas would attack Israel. And so when we went over there a few weeks ago, that ICU unit was just being commissioned. And they said, tomorrow it's going into Gaza. And then you saw where we were interviewing some of the hostages. I, I saw the story. Sam and Shmulek showed me the story of uh, Raz and uh, Aviv. And I got to share it on Daystar with Doug and Joni that we need to pray for them. But I saw the story and I said, I, I want to highlight these the, the, because we're hearing the word hostage and it's just becoming a word. These aren't, and, and I heard so many of the media like MSNBC and they're talking about them, prisoners of war. Two-year-olds are not prisoners of war. They're kidnapped victims by terrorist demonic people. Say amen. They are not prisoners of war. A soldier is a prisoner of war, not a two-year-old little girl. Only a demon would kidnap a child. That's, it's, it's ridiculous. And it just makes me so angry to hear uh, some of these news reports. So anyway, I said, I want to highlight them to keep them out, keep, keep them out in front of the people. And then the next day we were going to interview um, family of the hostages, and it just happened to be Roz and Aviv's uh, and, and their mother, Doran, uh, the, 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 the mother's sister. And when we were sitting with them down in Tel Aviv, uh, they were drained. They were just without hope. You could, I mean, they were just, they were just so tired and so drained, and it didn't look. And there's a scripture in Zechariah chapter nine that at three o'clock in the morning, I was watching the news with jet lag, and I saw this scripture, and and I went and, and I said. This is what's happening. And long story short, I got up, went to my computer, looked what it was saying in Hebrew. And one of the scriptures was, and it's talking about Gaza, it's talking about Ashkelon, it's talking about the war. But if you look at it in scripture, it, it says a ditch in English, but in Hebrew, it's the word tunnels. And God said, I see them captive in the tunnels without water. And so when we were with Raz and Aviv's uh, uh, aunt and uncle, I, was, I said, listen, we believe in miracles. God is going to do a miracle. I just felt it for these children. God was going to do a miracle for them and their mother. And lo and behold, they were the first ones that we got to go on Daystar. And Daystar had millions of people praying for uh, Raz and Aviv. They were not only the first ones out, but that that ICU unit was used to transport them from Egypt into Israel. And so when God tells you to do something, it may not make any sense, but down the line, look what God can do when we respond to what he's doing. Amen. I'd like to have our guests come up here. Give them a great big hand. We'll introduce them in a moment.
Now, every every Sunday since uh, October 7th, please be seated, guys, um, we're doing something to keep this in front of everyone because, uh, um, like every Sunday, we'll have an uplink, a live Zoom with somebody in Israel. And the reason is, is because my concern is the further we get away from October 7th, we forget. We're moving on to the next story. We're moving on. And this is a story that has to be a happy ending. This, we must stand with Israel because, as I said before, standing with Israel is not just standing with Israel to defeat Hamas. This is good versus evil. Make no, make no mistake about this. And, and this is a stand with civilization against barbaric, fanatical, religious acts. And we must keep this out in front of everyone, especially leading up to next year's elections. We must make every politician understand that we will not allow you to represent us if you do not stand with the nation of Israel to defeat this enemy. Amen. So all of you know um, uh, my brother from another mother, Sam Grunwerg. He's, he's family to us, uh, has been. We worked with Sam uh, uh, for five years now. And uh, um, maybe a lot of you don't know that we were introduced by... Um, uh, was it Moody that introduced us? Moody and Josh Reinstein. Moody and Josh Reinstein. And Josh we... With, is, is, is. We love you guys. Buddy, good to see you. Um, we were the first Christian organization that worked with Karen Hazot. And so, Sam, um, first off, explain what Karen Hazot is to those who may be watching and don't know. And then I'd like you to introduce our very, very, we should have put her in the middle because then it would have been uh, the beauty in between be the beasts. <laughs> so, so first, first, I'll be happy to, to introduce about Karen. So it's, first I want to say it's great to be here with my good friend, Ayelet Shaked, former minister. I know we're going to introduce her formally, but Ayelet, thank you for joining. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And... Um, Pastor Larry and Pastor Tiz, before I, I just give a word for those that are, are you that are new to Karen Ayesod, I really do feel like family. Every time I come back here, it's like coming home, my home away from home in Jerusalem. And to all of you here and out there at New Beginnings Church, Larry Huck Ministries, I want to send you and I bring with me blessings from Jerusalem. I, it always feels great for me to come, but I want you to know that being that this is my first time here back since the events of October 7th, the terrible atrocities, the genocidal of, uh, um, attacks, it's especially meaningful to be back here, to be embraced by you, and uh, to know that we have such strong support and solidarity and unity from, from our Christian brothers and sisters here. So thank you for having me. Amen. We, uh, we had dinner together, all of us, in Tel Aviv, but would you introduce Ayelet? And, and someday, we believe she's going to be a prime minister of Israel. <laughs> Absolutely. And I know we also have members from the Jewish community here, so we welcome them as well. Um, I'll, so I'll tell you, um, Ayelet Shaked who's uh, been a good friend of mine now for about 10 years since we've been working together in different capacities. 
Ayelet is uh, a former Israeli minister of justice, former Israeli minister of the interior. She was a member of the security cabinet. I think was the only, only woman uh, member of the security Back cabinet. Then, yeah. And so she was in, uh, in, in politics for about 10 years. Her she actually has a strong connection here in Dallas. Before that, she was a software engineer and worked for Texas Instruments. And some of her colleagues, some of her Israeli colleagues are here as well. And, um, but she joined, she was a real activist, a real leader. And uh, I said to someone earlier, it's not right. It doesn't do her justice to call her an upcoming because she's already a proven standout leader. Uh, right now, after 10 years in politics and serving as, a, as, as in ministerial positions, she's, she's currently out of politics for a short time. But as you mentioned, she'll be back. So I yell it. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Uh, I met Pastor Larry in Israel, and uh, he told me about the trip, and it was amazing. And uh, actually, the movie is also is very exciting. And I'm, I'm really, really roam my heart to see you all and to get your love and support for Israel. And I really appreciate it, and thank you for that. Amen. And I'm going to ask questions, and either one of you can answer it. And if I ask something that you don't, you don't want to answer, just say, uh, that was a stupid question. <laughs> so, um, One of the reasons why I feel that we need to keep bringing this up over and over again is one is Hamas is not defeated yet. And uh, we need to, like I said, the further we get away from October 7th, the more people have a tendency to forget. Um, I watched part of a video of what Hamas videoed themselves. One of the reasons I went to Israel is because I started hearing people say, it's a fabrication. It didn't happen. They've even gone to the point of saying the, the Jews that were killed, Israel killed them in order to start the war. And so I went down, I saw the blood, I talked to the people, I, I, I heard the, the, the horror stories, but I saw part of the video of what these butchers did to women and children especially. And when I saw it, the word came to me, bloodthirsty. I mean, it's beyond, guys, it's beyond anything you can even imagine. I, I've showed it to several of our leaders, men leaders here, and they couldn't watch it. And uh, so when, I, when the word bloodthirsty came, I went, to the, I went to the dictionary to look up what the blood, word bloodthirsty means, and it doesn't even describe what happened, the atrocities that these butchers, these demonic beings did. How important is it that we don't forget what happened and that if Hamas is not eliminated from the face of the earth, it can happen again? Um, it's, it's a very good question. Um, because, you know, I'm, I'm giving interviews all the time to the American media, and I've noticed that uh, the vast majority of the time they're asking about a ceasefire and whether there is international press on Israel to stop the war and about uh, civilian Gaza, uh, civilians from Gaza that are being hurt. And I'm telling them over and over again, 
Israel will not stop until Hamas will be eliminated. We, we all understand now that it is either us or them. And you know, those monsters, they launch a barbaric genocide, genocidal attack on Israel and on the Jewish people. And it is so important, Pastor Larry, what you're doing, because it's so important, important to keep and tell the stories. You know, I gave a few interviews today and yesterday, and I described the atrocities that they did. And, you know, people, they don't want to hear that. They don't want mm -mm. To, to realize and to face reality. And... Um, I described just I just gave a description of one testimony of for, uh, survival from the from the concert from the music festival and um, and he told he gave this testimony to the police in Israel and he told that he saw them raping our girls and murdering them and raping them, they, they just transfer them from one terrorist to another and raping them. And they, they did horrible things I don't even want to tell, but you know, they, they were shooting them in the head and those really monsters. And you know, the international community and the Western world, they should not, sometimes they're getting confused. It's evil against good, it's light against darkness. And, and we should, you, you acknowledge that, but unfortunately, not all the people in, in the US and in Europe acknowledge that. So it's very, very important to keep telling that, and that, you know, I'm, it's, it's lucky that they had those monsters, they had GoPro cameras on their bodies, so we have evidence of all the horrible things that they did. Amen. Um, Three years ago, we were talking about this in the back. Three years ago, I was, I, I was invited to the White House and met with Jason Greenblatt, and they asked us, me about two-state solution. And you're hearing this come up a, again, a two-state solution. We see Palestinian protesters around the world shouting from the river to the sea. From the river to the sea doesn't mean two-state solution. Explain that, if you would, and, and how dangerous a two-state solution, how ridiculous a two-state solution is. From the river to the sea is just the elimination of Israel. It's just calling, like, just, you know, kill all the Jews and get out the Jews out of Israel. Uh, and unfortunately, like, people are just saying that without really understand what they are. Some of them are not really understand what they are saying, and some of them saying that because they want to eliminate the Jewish people. And the um, two-state solution is not a solution. You know, there is now a debate what will be the day after in, in Gaza. And the Palestinian Authority, the PA, it's not the solution. You need to understand that currently, as we are speaking, the PA, they pay for slay. They are paying for the terrorist who sits in jail. And as long as you slaughtered more Jews, you get more money. They educated for hate and for anti-Semitism. If you look at their um, curriculum on the education system, you see they are just they are teaching how to hate Jews and Israelis. This is in their, in their books. 
uh, and we learned from history that if we withdraw from a land, uh, the terrorist organization will conquer this land. We have it in the, in the north. You know, we are withdraw to the international border in the north with Lebanon, and the Hezbollah is a terror organization that sits now on our northern border. And in Gaza, we disengage dis dis from Gaza till the last inch, you know? We withdraw, uh, we, ruined our, we ruined our villages there, and again, we gave it, by the way, to the PA, and after two years, the Hamas took over, and we saw what happened. So we are not going to do this experiment again. Yeah, amen, amen. You know, uh, as, you were, as you were saying that, I was thinking, how would we like to have a two-state solution with Nazis? You know, we just have Nazis living right, right next to us. You hear a lot of, of, of these idiots that are protesting, and uh, they're, they're talking about uh, Israel's genocide against the Palestinians. And so I did some research on that. When Israel began, there was about 750,000 Palestinians in the land of Israel. Today, there's 5 million, over 5 million. That doesn't sound like genocide. That sounds like growth. And so when we look at Hamas, we look at Hezbollah, we look at the Houthis that are coming in, shooting rockets into uh, Elat from Yemen, um, how is this all connected with Iran? Actually, you, you know, Iran is the head of the octopus, and they send, Iran sends their arms, send their arms all over. Uh, Iran uh, funds the Hamas, Iran funds the Hezbollah, Iran funds the Houthis in Yemen. And actually, you know, I think that Iran, it's not just the problem of Israel. It's the problem of the Western world, and it's the problem of the U.S. And I think that the U.S. should be strong enough in order to understand that you need to take care of the problem, you know, to take care of the problem of Iran. Um, Iran is now a threshold state. They are almost reaching the capability to have a nuclear bomb. And after, if Iran will have a nuclear bomb, the world will be different. And it's not just the responsibility of Israel. I think it, the main responsibility is on the U.S. to stop and prevent from Iran to having a new, from having a nuclear bomb. Absolutely. Yeah, Kim. When when Reagan, President Reagan became president, he put sanctions on Iran, and it crippled them, almost to the point that the civilians in Iran were going to overthrow the Ayatollah. When uh, Trump came in office, he put sanctions on Iran, and it was crippling Iran. When Biden became president, he removed the sanctions, and it empowered Iran. How do we, how should we stand against Iran? Because it's obvious. Uh, uh, we showed here in our church a video of one of the heads of, uh, of Hamas saying, on television, after October 7th, I want to thank Iran because if it wasn't for Iran, Hamas would not exist. They give us 90% of our uh, income. They give us our weapons. How do we stand up against Iran? So the sanctions are very, very important because, you know, 
the money is their oxygen. So it's very, very important to impose the sanctions on Iran. But also, you know, Iran should know that all the options are on the table. In order to stop Iran from having a nuclear bomb, Iran should understand that the U.S. is willing to, to have an operational military, um, a military operation in Iran in order to prevent them from having a nuclear bomb. Only if Iran will really, and will really acknowledge that the U.S. is willing to have a military operation in Iran, then maybe they will, you know, put a, put a brakes. But yeah. they must realize, and also the U.S., you know, you must show it that you are willing to have a military operation there in order to stop them. So the sanction is, is, uh, like, is one thing that it is very, very important, and also the capability to have a military operation. Amen. Amen. Uh, one of the things that we hear all the time in the demonstrations and in some of the really bad news reports is Israel killing innocent civilians in Gaza. Would you address, though, the length that IDF goes to? It's Hamas who uses our hostages as shields, but they also use their own children as shields. One of the things that I think people... I've never seen any military anywhere in the world go to the length that the IDF does, Israel does, to protect... Calling... Dropping leaflets, would you, would you address that? Yeah, it is also a very important question. You know, the, uh, the IDF is the most moral army in the world. And, and you know, now the Hamas, they, they have two goals. One is to kill as many Jews as possible. This is, one, this is what they want to do all the time and specifically now. And the second is to use their own population as a human shield. And they don't care that they you know that civilians from Gaza are being dead. They don't care. And they are using the hostages and also their own civilian uh, in order they're trying you know, to achieve a ceasefire. So they're using their own population. They want them to be hurt and then that the international community will put pressure on Israel in order to stop the military operation. But I told also Pastor Larry today, we are not going to stop. And it doesn't matter for us. We, we know that maybe there will be an international pressure on Israel. But after the massacre, after they burned our babies, they raped our women, and they slaughtered families, we are not going to stop. And you know, Pastor Larry, I'll just add... I agree with every word Ayel had said. It's not only that Hamas doesn't care, it's actually in their interest yeah. that more Palestinian civilians be killed. And that's why they've built their entire infrastructures. And you'll see, and it's not a secret anymore. Those that deny it, that's another issue. They're, they're, they deny that, you know, that the earth is, is yeah, round. Exactly. But they've built their infrastructure, and the IDF has proven this now. Now that we've been there, we've brought back proof about tunnel infrastructures specifically under hospitals, under schools, and rockets being fired out of, uh, out of civilian um, um, positions. 
And it's actually in their interest because it's exactly what Ayelet said. Their, their strategy is to actually cause Palestinian civilians to be killed. We saw that also in, before the ground maneuver even started with the IDF. Israel was calling on uh, the, um, the civilians in the north of Gaza to allow them to leave, to flee south, because as you know, we first have focused on the north part of Gaza. Now we're, we're going to start turning our attention to the south. And we actually saw that Hamas was, um, was using force not to let the civilians leave. So that truth has to be told. And that's why that's, all of this is part of the reason why your coming last month was so important. It was so important that you were there. And I want to thank all of you for allowing you to come, starting with Pastor Tiz, for supporting you to come. Because coming and seeing with your own eyes and documenting it and telling that story, you know, Pastor Larry, you know this very well. We keep talking here about survivors. You know, for the Jewish people, anything that has anything to do with the Holocaust or any kind of comparison is an extremely sensitive issue, especially in Israel, as I yell it, will tell you. It's, it's like nothing, no other atrocity can even be mentioned in the same sentence. But because the, uh, these genocidal atrocities uh, were so horrific, we find ourselves now in 2023 using terms like survivors yeah. and calling, calling uh, what the Hamas did uh, Nazis because there's really no other frame of reference for it. And it just shows how, how terrible it is. And, and, and that's why it's so important that we have your, your support like you've supported so much in the past, not only before October 7th with the work that we do, supporting Aliyah, supporting uh, humanitarian parts of Israeli society, but now you have these thousands of families, thousands of families that had members of their families either murdered, kidnapped, injured. We even talk about the injured. Yeah. It's been, uh, I think it's over 8,000 injured. Ayelet mentioned she's, uh, she's the chair among other things, of a children's hospital. Maybe you want to say a word about that, the hospital with, with the... Uh, um, and, and so hospitals have, have received so many. So we are doing all that we can with your and, and all of yours at New Beginnings Church's generous uh, um, support to help not only all of those families that are victims of terror, but also there are between 120 to 160,000 evacuees because of all these rockets. We have... Israelis that are refugees in their own country, yeah. from the north to the south, that are living in hotels. Isn't it like 250,000 now or 280? The numbers are, yeah. it's, it's, it's around 200,000 or so. And you visited some of them, Pastor Larry. I mean, imagine, you know, it's, it might sound at first, oh, go to a hotel for a few days. But no, these are families. They're children. They need, they need a framework. They need school system, health system, welfare. And uh, it's, it's just not sustainable. No other country in the world would tolerate living like that. But yet Israel is being told, no, restrain, ceasefire. And that's why, that's one of the many reasons why the support from our Christian friends around the world is going to be so important when there is more pressure on us to, to, to pause and to ceasefire and hold back. Your support and your word carries a lot of weight Absolutely. to allow us to finish the job that we need to do, as Ayel had said, which is to annihilate and decimate Hamas. Amen. I want to tell you a story that you will understand how the Hamas is using 
civilian infrastructure uh, in order to launch terror attack. So I'm sure you saw videos of uh, schools and kindergartens uh, that, uh, you know, they have like missiles and rockets inside the schools. But also in hospitals, you know, there is a, the biggest hospital in Gaza. Then its name is Shifa Hospitals. Hospital. And for, you know, the, the Americans and the international community um, told us all the time not to touch the hospital, it's for civilians, etc. Um, you know, on October 7th, a soldier, military observer, uh, 19 years old, her name is Noa Marziano, she was kidnapped by the Hamas on October 7th. Um, and she was like slightly injured, something really light. Those monsters, they took her to Shifa Hospital and instead of giving her healthcare, they murdered her in Shifa Hospital. So it's not really an hospital. This is why the Israeli actually, we now are taking care of this hospital. We found many tunnels under the hospital and Hamas compo component under the hospital. And you need to understand that like they are using all the civilian infrastructure as, as a, for terror. Also, you know, an UNRWA teacher uh, kept one of, the fam one of the children, one of the children in captivity. He was in a house of a UNRWA teacher and another one was in a house of a doctor. So there, you know, the, the population there cooperate all the time with the Hamas. L Belgium just had an election and elected a very right-wing uh, prime minister saying, we're tired of this. We don't want this happening. Several other nations in, Netherlands. huh? Netherlands. Netherlands, yeah. Uh, Netherlands. Several other nations are calling, let's pull out of the UN. The UN has labeled Israel as being inhumane but the UN has not mentioned one time about releasing hostages. The UN is a biased, corrupted organization. Not, <laughs> and not to say also anti-Semitic. You know that like we waited so many, so, so many days that the UN will say something about the atrocities that the Hamas did to our women. And after 50 days, the women organization of the UN just said something, you know, like, yeah, pauve. Yeah. Very yeah. vanilla, yeah. Um, like, they didn't really stood up and say the truth. Um, so unfortunately, we don't believe in the UN. It's an organization that sometimes serves the bad guys and not the good guys. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'll add that, um, just as Ayala had said, the, the Secretary General, the Secretary General of the UN from Spain, very early on, came out and made excuses for Hamas. Yeah. and said, well, what happened on October 7th, it didn't happen in, uh, in a vacuum. And as soon as you make a statement like that, and, you know, talking about, you know, all of the excuses for it, as soon as you do that, you totally... Uh, take them off the hook, Hamas, for what they did. And uh, our Israeli ambassador in the UN took a, a very harsh response to that. And actually, Israel's been trying to call 
for the Secretary General of the UN to resign. Absolutely, yeah. Several years ago, I had the privilege of speaking at the UN. And when I was there, um, they had very few displays about nations, but in the, in the entry, main entry, they had a display probably as long as from here to the end of the uh, wall. And it was about the beginning of Islam until the future of the Islam, Islam ruling the world. Okay, in the UN, Islam ruling the world. What is the real agenda of Hamas, of Hezbollah, of the Houthis, of Iran? What is their real agenda? Because you hear about uh, land for peace. You hear about um, two-state solution. You hear about which, which Gaza was land for peace. They could have had a paradise. Instead, they turned it into a platform for terrorism. What is, and, and I'm going to say this, and I'll probably, you know, you can send me bad letters. I never read them. And so it doesn't matter. Just waste your ink. But you hear about, well, there's good Palestinian people, and, and I'm sure there is. But how come good Palestinian people aren't speaking up and condemning what Hamas did to women and children? What's the agenda of radical Islam? The agenda, if you, if you read, you just read what they are saying and what they are writing. So the agenda of the Hamas and the radical Islam is to eliminate the Jews and to conquer the state of Israel. They don't want to have Jews in the, in the Middle East and also in the end, also in the world, you see? So Hamas is not just Israel problem. It's the problem of the Western world. And this is why, you know, in the U.S. and in Europe, you should understand that we are fighting also your fight. That's right. And that That's right. The, yeah. Keep going. The IDF, the IDF now in Israel and the people of Israel, we are fighting also that you will have quiet in the U.S. and quiet in Europe. So this is why we expect, of course, to get the international community support. And right now, you know, there are like many people around the world, like yourself, you distinguish between bad and good. You distinguish between light and darkness. But there are some people around the world that they are confused. They don't really understand that the Hamas ideology and purpose is to kill the Jews and also to, yeah, and also that it will, it will not end in Israel. They will want to. They want to spread their evil to Europe, to U.S., and to the rest of the world. Amen. And and Iran calls Israel the little Satan, but they call the United States the big Satan. And so, if we have um, people in office that are empowering Iran. They're actually empowering an enemy that wants us destroyed. But something you said, and, and if this is not a good question, then, then that we'll, we'll go somewhere else. But something you said, it, it's a, a war against Western civilization. But the things that we've talked with people in Israel is that um, there are a lot of Arab nations that may be saying things publicly but behind the scenes, they want Hamas eliminated also 
and they would like to get the Abraham Accord back going again. So there are actually a lot of Arab nations that tongue-in-cheek are saying, you're fighting this for us too. Yeah, yeah it's true, it's true. Uh, there are Arab nations in our neighborhood, they want us to eliminate Hamas as well. And you know that the Abraham Accords with the UAE and Morocco, um, it's, it's amazing, it's amazing success. I was the first minister who arrived to the UAE after the peace, and it was just amazing. It's a true peace and warm peace between the people. And you know that there were talks regarding extending the Abraham Accords with Saudi, and, and we hope that after the war will over and we will eliminate Hamas, um, we can continue the talks with Saudi because, uh, yes, uh, countries, mo this moderate Sunni countries uh, in the Middle East, they want to have peace with Israel, and we should hug them and cooperate with them. And you, I, I don't want to say which countries you talked about, but definitely there are countries in the region Arab countries, countries that want to see Hamas eliminated. Amen. Sam, you want to Yeah, I agree. I think that's also a lot of the difference between what countries and leaders are saying behind closed doors versus what they have to say in the media, which is why, yes, Israel and we, and together with you as strong leaders and advocates for Israel, are, are, are always careful to make sure that we have full support and the freedom to do what we need to do. But we're also not naive. We live in a practical world, and we know that certain statements are made. But we know that behind the scenes, like Ayelet said, we know of, first of all, many Arab countries, even some different organizations that want to see Israel finish the job, just like our leadership has promised, and you heard here today, of not stopping until Hamas is eliminated. Amen. Uh, could you, just a couple more questions. Can you address the rise of anti-Semitism that's bubbling up around the world. It's, it's, it's got to be, one of the things when we went over there, uh, when I went over there, I was, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't realize going over there how much the Jewish people from politicians, the military to civilians appreciated somebody showing up because they're getting all this media of the pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian uh, demonstrations uh, address how's the Jewish community around the world what what's happening with anti-semitism so there was you know there, there was always anti-semitism in the world in the recent years it was um, not fashionable to be anti-semitic but it was super in to be anti-israel anti yeah so it's just a new form of the old anti-semitism and right now, because of the war, uh, the anti-Semitism around the world just, you know, we are seeing it everywhere. And the Jewish communities around the world are very, you know, they are afraid in their home. You know that um, one of my friends told me that he's not going to a hotel in New York uh, when there are uh, lots of Israelis because he's afraid. Think about it in New York. So the Jewish communities around the world feel unsafe, uh, but they are all very strong and they hug Israel. You know, you help us a lot and you donate 
a lot of money to help us in this war. And also the Jewish communities around the world, and especially in the US, they donate a lot uh, to the refugees in Israel and to the, um, to to the survivors of the massacre. Uh, and it really warms our hearts to see uh, the, the strong connection between Israel and the Jewish communities around the world. And yes, Sam and I now hope that there will be a wave of Aliyah from the US and from Europe to Israel, and that more, uh, more, uh, more people, more Jewish people will decide to come and live in Israel because of the raising of the anti-Semitism. And, and we already see it start coming, you know, more and more people ask about doing Aliyah to Israel. To Israel. And uh, I hope that they will come, you know, we are open our hearts and, ga and gates and we hope that as many people as can will come to live in Israel. You know, I think it's real important what you said, um, being anti-Israel is the new anti-Semitism. And I can't help but think... In, in your colleges, you know, it was like, first of all, it's horrible what's going on in the colleges in America. Um, really, it really bothered us in Israel. Right. But in the colleges, it was like not really in to be anti-Semitic, but it was very, very in to be anti-Israel. Right. It's just the same, just the same old anti-Semitism. And you know, I, 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 um, Daystar allowed me to go on and teach about the history of the land of Israel, going all the way back to the Ottoman Empire. And, and uh, Joni and Doug were so kind to allow us to teach that and the response that we got, because people don't understand, Israel are not, the Jews are not the occupiers. That land legally, we, we can look at Bible and say, well, here's what the Bible said. Well, people say, well, I don't care about the Bible. Well, let's look at the law. Let's look at legal. Um, uh, Lebanon got to exist. Syria got to exist. Jordan got to exist. Egypt got to exist. The only one that keeps shrinking their borders is is Israel. And when I look at anti-Semitism, anti-Israel is the new anti-Semitism. I look at, and forgive me if I'm uh, not being sensitive, but I look at the BDS bills, and that's the modern crystal knock. That is, that is being anti-Semitic, just like the Nazis did. We're going to destroy the economy of the Jewish people throughout Europe. That's what BDS. Can you uh, uh, address BDS and why we need to stand against that so strongly. Yeah, so the BDS, they have a goal to also to destroy the state of Israel. They start from the economy, but in the end, they want us to be gone. This is their purpose. And in Israel, we, we are fighting the BDS here in America. We are like having few programs that the, even the government of Israel is funding in order to fight the BDS because they have one goal to eliminate Israel. They know sometimes they say, no, it's just uh, uh, the conflict about Judea and Samaria. Samaria, by the way, you know that according to the international law, according to the international, yeah. the international law, Judea and Samaria, it is not occupied territory. It's territory under dispute, even according to the international law. And they are just, kill it, just keeping that and saying that it's occupied and they are and they are focusing on the conflict since Judea and Samaria, but the truth is that they want to eliminate Israel. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think, uh, Pastor Larry, you mentioned about the anti-Semitism. As, as Ayala had said, it's important to understand it's always been there. And we've, I've been here before with some of our other friends and talked about how the truth is, like Ayala had said, it just became not fashionable because we had the event of uh, the, the terrible events of the Holocaust some 80 years ago. And then so that had an effect of for a few decades where it was very unfashionable and then came about again. What we've seen now since October 7th is because, unfortunately, Israel had a moment of weakness, and we took such a tremendous blow on October 7th. And what, what that did was the, the anti-Semitism all around the world, but also in this country, but, but all around the world, has always been under the surface. And when they saw the Jewish people take such a beating and Israel having a real moment of weakness, it it kind of opened the floodgates and said, well, it's, uh, it's, it's open shooting season uh, on the Jews. And then that's what we've seen taking place around the world. And so the response to that has to be, and this is why our partnership with you and, uh, and all of our Christian friends around the world, and of course also the Jewish communities, is, uh, is first of all to, to, to regroup and to show strength. First of all, in the Middle East, there's only one thing that's understood, and that's strength. But the same thing is true with anti-Semitism. It's not going to be about trying to, uh, yes, education is important, but you're not going to uneducate hate. But if you're strong, then you can stand up and we can stop anti-Semitism. And that's what we need to do is stand up together and say no to hate, no to anti-Semitism. And a stronger Israel is a stronger or stronger Jewish communities outside the world. Uh, all around the world, and also it strengthens our, our Christian friends uh, and brothers and sisters from all around the Amen. world. You know, um, I'm going to end, end this real quick, but I've told this story here before, but a, a couple years ago we were in Jerusalem, we had a tour, and we had bought two ICU units uh, for Magan Davida Dome. And so they wanted to present them uh, at the Jaffa Gate. And so we were doing these ambulances, these ICU units. And as we were dedicating them, a crowd kept gathering, big crowd kept gathering. And I looked at the Jewish crowd, and uh, they're crying. And th I, I could understand being appreciative that you're buying these units for them. But they were weeping. The Jewish people were weeping. And that night, we were at Josh and Rebecca's house for Shabbat. And I said to Josh, I said, I, I understand you, you appreciate it, but why would they be crying? And Josh said, Josh had just gotten back. He was somewhere in Europe, Susie, and, and he was walking to the synagogue the week before, and he was coming around the corner, and a policeman looked at him and said, and he thought he meant, you got to have your kippah on. And Josh goes, well, I got it on. And the policeman said, no, take it off until you get there. And he said, the reason they were weeping is because we feel like we're alone. And it's so wonderful to know we have friends. Can you imagine if, if you're walking the streets and the police go, uh, put your Bible down or take your cross off or whatever, because, because they'll, you know, what would we do? What would we do? And that's why, uh, how, two more questions. One, how important is it, and you can both answer this, that we as Christians, and once again, I want to brag on Daystar. They are loud and bold and, and uh, for Israel. They're just amazing. Um, how important is it that 
to the Jewish community and to the world, they hear us speaking out? Well, it is very, very important because sometimes in the regular media, we are just hearing um, all the anti-Israelis demonstrations and uh, all the, the, the people that are speaking against Israel. And it really strengthens us and warms our hearts to know that we have such good friends like yourself. And especially in, time, in difficult times, like, like now, you know, um, my son is in the army, um, my husband is an F-16 pilot and is now doing a reserve, you know, so all, all the people in Israel are, you know, they are proud, they are taking in some way or another part of this war. And in Israel, by the way, today, we are all united. It doesn't yes. matter if you yes. are, yeah. It's amazing. If, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you are left or right. We are all united, and we all agree that Hamas should be eliminated. So, so to hear voice like yourself, Pastor Larry, it is really, really important. It's important from a personal level, you know, just to strengthen us and to warm our hearts. And, in, and it is also important because we are in an ongoing battle in the international uh, community and, you know, with the administration and with the uh, Europe leaders. And it is important that the leaders around the world will hear the public opinion and that the public opinion will support Israel. So it's very, very important. You, you know, I'm going to ask Sam, you, you the last question, but l let me ask you this. You, you talked to, you were with a lot of the children that were hostages. And what did you hear from these these children and because it's not well now they're out they're okay there's going to be long-term yes. effects on this so I'm now the chairman of the Schneider Hospital it's a of it, it's a the biggest hospital and the best hospital in Israel for kids and most of the kids that came from 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 the captivity they came to our hospital and we, you know, the staff talked with them all the time. It, it takes time. They are not telling all the, th the horrible thing that they passed in, in one day, but they are keep talking with them. Uh, first of all, of course, I think it was published. They didn't get uh, any food. Like there was really minor uh, amount of food every day. And um, if, you know, they are just small kids. If they were crying, those terrorists pointed a gun to their heads and told them, stop crying. Um, two kids, the Hamas took uh, exhaust of a motorbike, hot, and just burned their leg in order to mark them. Um, they didn't get mistress to sleep. They were just sleep on the floor without blankets, without anything. And, and, you know, they are now just start and, and telling their stories. Um, and the main, the main treatment that they are now getting is a mental one, of course, with a psychologist. And, and it, is, it will be a long process because they had, they passed a huge trauma and it will be a long process. Uh, I don't think that in... In, in the Western world, in the 21 centuries, children were never took in captivity. It's, it's horrible, it's, it's, 
It's unbelievable, even. It's unbelievable. Um, and Dr. Doug, you would understand the ongoing treatment that these children are going to have to go through. And she was being very kind of what these children have saw, seen and gone through, which, which Sam leads me to my, my final question. Um, you, you guys have given uh, over $2 million to Israel this year, and the year's not over yet. And I say you guys because we, you know, we, we get the spotlight, but it's, it's you guys that have, have done this. And, we, and the reason I bring this up is we look at the big items like Aliyah, and we look at the big items like the bomb shelters, and we look at the big items like the ICU units and these different things. But I was where these people lived. I saw the disaster. I met people, the trauma, 200,000 or so displaced. I met some of the Holocaust survivors and how well uh, they're taking care of those Ethiopian children. That's the same Ethiopian kids that you helped bring from Ethiopia, and they had to get them out, and they're taking so good care of them. Tell us some, uh, as the last thing, tell us some of the needs that... Um, and, and the wonderful thing about working with Sam and Karen Hayazot is everything that we send to Karen Hayazot, nobody gets a cut, nobody gets something. Every penny we send to Karen Hayazot, um, it goes to whatever we want it to go to. So say, tell us some of the needs that we're going to face. Sure. So I think this also relates to your previous question about why it's so important that, that Israel has Christian support. And I've been here so many times, and we've talked about that prior to October 7th, and I think it's even more important now. And, and for me, it's also very personal. So let me say, first of all, also, usually I'm here with Shmulek. You mentioned Shmulek earlier, and I know he's watching our good friend Shmulek Fried. He, uh, he couldn't make this trip because the war's going on. He's got young children, and he stayed back with his family. But I know that, uh, that he sends his love. And, and I want you to know, Pastor Larry and Pastor Tiz. Let me interrupt you. Sam is also back called out of reserve, and Sam's horrible job is he knocks on the doors of parents whose children have been killed as a soldier, and uh, yeah, it's I'll, been I'll, horrible. I'll, I'll, I'll mention that, right, so what Pastor Larry is saying, I serve, besides my day job of chairing Karen Aisod and working with you and raising critical funds for Israel, which are more critical now than ever, I also have been serving in my reserve duty as, as a casualty officer. Uh, and I'll get back to that in a second, but I want you to know that Pastor Larry and Pastor Tiz, for me, making this trip, and Ayala and I had many conversations about it, it also was a very difficult thing. We're just barely 60 days since the war started. I had several other work trips that I was supposed to do earlier in November that there wasn't even a question that I canceled. Yeah. And I remember having conversations with Ayelet and others about, and with you. And I really wasn't sure, actually, until you no. came and we sat together. And I wanted to also get your feel. Because of the fact that I have those responsibilities, I serve in the IDF at the rank of major. I have my, I have my Karen Aisod responsibilities. And I thought, is it right for me now to, to leave Israel to come on this trip? And it relates to what Ayelet just said about how important the relationship is with you. And I said to myself... Well, if I'm ever going to have to make that first trip since October 7th at some point for work, and what I want that trip to be is to be right here with you 
in New Beginnings Church with my Christian friends and sisters, really, because we, uh, we've been depressed, we've been down, we've, uh, we've, we've been through a terrible thing, and the truth is, we probably don't even begin to process. This was a mega trauma, post-trauma event, not only for the, fam the families directly affected, of course, that's the highest degree, but for all the people that are in Israel, and I got news for you, for all of the, 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 the Jewish nation all over the world, and also for all of you that are here, because we know, I know from speaking to you and Pastor Tiz and, and, and the family, this is a trauma, uh, traumatic event for, for all of us, and we're going to have to deal with that. In terms of the needs, Pastor Larry, the, we've been working together, Karen Isoda, I think you've been working for almost 10 years, but with me personally since I came in five years, we're one of the founding national institutions that officially has a place around the table, the official fundraising arm. And you've done amazing work, your ministry, supporting us over the years. You mentioned some of it, bringing Olim, new immigrants and Aliyah, helping Holocaust survivors, other areas of, of social welfare and humanitarian work. And really, like we always say, fulfilling Bible prophecy. We're your partner in fulfilling Bible prophecy. But now, since October 7th, the needs are tremendous, whether it's the immediate needs of these victims of terror, the, those that were murdered, those that were injured, the kidnapped families, those that are displaced. We mentioned the trauma, the resilience. Uh, the, the needs are, are going to go on for, for a very long time. But what, what gives me the optimism, and maybe with this, with this I'll end, you mentioned about what I do in my, my military reserve duty. When I, when I was a younger man in my uh, mandatory duty, I was a combat uh, tank gunner. But uh, at my age now, it would be dangerous to, to put <laughs> me in that role. So, so for the last 15 years, I've been volunteering, like I said, at the rank of major uh, as a casualty officer, which you said, which is the, the terrible task of when you have to literally knock on the door of a family, go into their domain, their home, their living room, their kitchen, grab them by the shoulder, by the hand, and, and notify them. It sounds actually cruel, but I've learned over the 15 years or so that it's actually an act of kindness to do it yeah. in a way that's clear. And I just want to share one quick story because I think this relates to everything about what gives us the hope and optimism to continue uh, and the light. We talked about Hanukkah coming up, Christmas coming up, a time of lights over darkness. You know, I, I think I told you privately by the way, up, at, from, up until October 7th, the last 15 years, I was involved in notifying about 8 or 10 families over that 15-year period, and that's considered a lot. Since October 7th, I personally, unfortunately, have had to not notify 8 families, yeah. which each one is, is, is like losing a world. And there was one family where I had to notify that their son was, was killed in fighting in the IDF, he was the, a large family, 10 kids. He was the oldest, uh, the third child, but the oldest boy out of 10. And I notified the family. Uh, the, the parents, they were religious, uh, devout people, of the Jewish faith. And what blew me away, because, you know, I've been in situations, uh, really, when you talk about being the messenger, this is being the messenger. And it's not my job to judge anyone, and we're trained uh, to, to be a punching bag sometimes. And I've had situations when, when parents and mothers, after I've notified them, would scream 
you know, at me, get out of the house, you're, you're wrong, you're lying, and, 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 and I accept that with love, and I'm there to, to unfortunately, to, as I said, perform an act of kindness. But in this other, this other family, it was the first week of the war, I notified that their son was killed, and the mother said to me, to this day when I retell it, I, I get the chills, she said, you know, Sam, I really feel bad for you and your colleagues that came with you, the other officers, to notify us of this, of this terrible news that our son was killed. And I'm thinking, she feels bad for me? I just told her that her son was killed. She said, she went on to say, she said, I feel bad for you because you have to go around giving this terrible news, this, this, doing this wholly important work. And, uh, and then she gave me a blessing. She gave us a blessing. And you know what she said? She said, by the merit, the sechut, as you like to say, by the merit of the fact that you and your colleagues have to go around giving the, notifying and giving the worst news of all, she says, when the Messiah comes and when the Redeemer comes, it should be you and your colleagues who have the merit to announce and give the good news. No, I told that here. And you told it here. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I tell that, first of all, because it's inspiring, of course, but because I think it tells about the spirit of our people. And when I say the spirit of our people, that extends to, to all of you here, because we're in this together, to be able, at the face of such difficult times, to come together, and with all the tragedy, and it's terrible, terribly tragic, to be able to see the hope, to see the light that's going to push away the darkness, and, uh, and to think of the positive, and, uh, and, and all, all of that is because uh, we have your help, support, and solidarity. Yeah. So thank you. Amen. Amen. We're going we're gonna to let everybody go. Um, uh, when I went over on that trip, uh, I, didn't, I didn't realize how important it was to go and to see with my own eyes so that anybody who said that didn't happen, I can say, no, I've been there, I stood there. I, I remember when we were in uh, uh, one of the kibbutz and the, the gentleman said, Pastor, I need to come this way a little bit. If you look at those pictures and you wow. see the markings on the walls, those different markings with different colors are saying, we've checked for bombs, we've checked for bodies, we've checked for body parts. And when I w was walking in to one of the blown up homes and uh, the gentleman said to me, he said, uh, Pastor, watch where you step. And I said, because of the glass and stuff? And he said, no, because of the body parts. And then we were standing out there and he said, would you move over here a little bit? And I said, am I, am I standing somewhere wrong? And he goes, you're in the line of snipers. And we need to keep this in front of the world to say Israel is still facing this and we will not be quiet, we will not be silent, we will be loud and we will be bold. And it wasn't that many months ago that we, I walked with Rabbi Lau from Auschwitz the Birkenau and the chant was never again. And unfortunately, we're having to say again, never again but we will stand with you, we will support you. Um, uh, several have asked, Pastor, when are you going back to Israel? Some have asked this morning, when you go back to Israel? I said, I don't know. But you know, as we're sitting here talking about that, I remember talking with Raz and Aviv's 
uh, aunt, and I said, they're getting out. God's going to do you a miracle. And when they get out, can I come and hold them? Can I sit them on my lap? And uh, they're out. But we still have, what, 136 yeah. left. And we need to shine. That's why we wear these tags. And that's why we want all of you to wear them. Uh, bring them home now. And we're just making from us and all of our friends all over the world and our wonderful, wonderful, strong friends, Daystar, we're making a pledge to you. We won't be quiet. Amen. We will shout from the rooftops. Amen. You want to, anything else you want to end with? Well, I also want to echo the thanks to our friends at Daystar for all that they do, bringing, Amen. bringing the issues to the forefront, but also for the help that's done. And, you know, I don't usually say it up here in this way, but besides the, the, the moral support and standing up for the truth, you mentioned, we talked about the needs. I want to, you always do that, and you've helped us and supported us so generously. I want to urge and call all of you to as much of you as you've stood with Israel in the past, and as much as through New Beginnings Church, you've donated and financially supported, the needs are tremendous. Greater than ever. They're greater than ever, yeah. and so I urge yeah, yeah, you. Can I share something on that real quick? And, and, and for all of our uh, uh, Jewish community friends, we have uh, a reception in the back that you're all invited to. We have shrimp stuffed pork chops <laughs> back there. And... and uh, for, for to welcome everybody, but it's when kosher, I was, you can relax. we we came. I came, when I landed there, I came into Jerusalem, and uh, I landed in Tel Aviv. And my driver was bringing me up to Jerusalem, and he said these words to me. I didn't I didn't uh, ask them or set him up. He just said, you know, on October sixth, we weren't a great nation because we fought against each other all the time, but on October seventh, we became a great nation. And if you saw in that video where all those soldiers were, and I said, oh, you're all volunteers. I had just met with the mayor. of. We just met with the mayor of that area, and he said, walk across the street, because there'll be a 1,000 soldiers that'll come by this evening. And all those people were volunteers coming, and, 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 and you see this all over Israel. One man, and he wasn't on the video. We, I know we got him. We'll show it on the television program. He has, a, I think, a restaurant in New York. He shut his restaurant down to come and make hamburgers for soldiers. And you see this everywhere. But as far as the need in Israel, and you know, it's always been appreciated that we help finance, financially stand with Israel. But when I got him to Jerusalem, the streets were empty. There, you know, usually, you know, waiting to go into Shabbat, everybody's out shopping, everything. There was nobody there. When Shabbat was over, uh, there's nobody, you know, you go, you, you go to the breakfast in, in the hotel, and there's hundreds and hundreds of people. There were four people for breakfast. And after Shabbat, I went up to, to try to find something to eat uh, up on Ben Yudah Street, yeah. and n nothing was open. And so the economy of Israel has shut down. There's no tourists. There's, there's nobody there. Um, and, and yet the needs of Israel have grown tremendously and so we're not taking an offering so everybody uh, you know but pray about helping us we pledged to buy another icu unit for the military uh the one like the one you saw we pledged to buy another one for mogan um, davida dome two for mogan davida dome through karen hazot but the needs of the day by day 
with, uh, you know, we went and saw where they're being put up, all these people are being put up, and they're so sad. They're, they're, there's a whole family stuck in one one little hotel room, and their homes are gone and stuff. And so if there's ever been a time to pray for Israel, it's now. There's ever been a time to stand and support Israel, it's been now. And we guarantee you, and, and when you're lighting your Hanukkah candles and you light the shamush, shamush? Shamash. Shamash. When you light the shamash, think about this really would be a good time for the Messiah to come. Amen. Amen. And so. then maybe I'll have the opportunity to announce it. Yeah, amen. I really want to thank you all for all the amazing things that you are doing for us and to promise you that we are going to beat those monsters. Come on. Amen. Would you stand and give them a great big God bless? We thank you for coming. Folks, thank you for being here this morning. Uh, all, of our, all of our Jewish friends, um, they'll lead you over so you can meet them real, just briefly. We'd love to have you stand with us. And thank you for standing and praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Would you give... Okay. Yeah. What other thing I got to tell you, I, I got to celebrate my birthday in Israel and uh, I was saying happy birthday three times. Holocaust survivors, Ethiopians, and See, these this guys. This is what happens when I don't come with Shmulek, but thank God for Nancy and Pastor Tiz. So, Pastor Larry, yes, we celebrated your birthday, I think, three times three while times, you were in three Israel. Three times. Yes, but we also, Ayelet and myself, and on behalf of Shmulek, who's not with us here because he's in Israel. Oh, wow. And, and all of Karen Ayesod. Oh, wow. We wanted, we wanted to present this to you. It's a beautiful picture of Jerusalem, and it says to pastors Larry and Tiz Huck, New Beginnings Church and Larry Huck Ministries, with appreciation for your leadership, vision, and support for our Emergency Brothers Keeper campaign. We call, oh. thank you. Thank you, guys. And you're the ones that do it. You're the ones that do it. Give them a great big God bless. Amen. Thank you, guys. Love somebody as you go. Amen.